I am so happy that you're able to join us for this extended interview. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to get more killer resources. All right, so we've been talking about landing a remote job for a while now, but the one thing you're probably most curious about is how to learn the online skills you need to land these jobs. I'm not just talking about getting a brief introduction, but learning from actual accredited schools so you can be taken seriously when you apply for these jobs. You've been waiting for a while, and I'm really sorry about that, but I have finally created a whole page listing the best courses to take from teaching English online to becoming a freelance writer and so much more all from trusted sources that will get you that remote job so if you're ready and serious to take the next step then visit theoffbeatlife.com slash learn online skills to get started again you can visit theoffbeatlife.com slash learn online skills to get started Hey everyone, thank you so much for being here for this extended interview with Natalie where she's going to share with us how to get started with bilingual blogging. Hey Natalie, how are you? Hey Nev, I'm fine. Thanks so much for having me here. It's a pleasure to share a little bit more about our story. <laughs> thank you so much for speaking with us today. I'm really excited about the topic that you're going to talk about. But before we get to all of your tips and tricks, can you tell us about you and why you live an offbeat life? Well, as uh, many couples, I got married, we had our house, we had our car, Rob and I, we were happy, but not fully happy. We wanted to cover the world because many years back in 2006 and seven, we lived in Ireland together. So we got the taste of traveling abroad. And then life was good, but we were missing the adventure. So we decided to sell everything and became full nomad in 2014. Yes. And since that, you have been traveling the world and work remote. Yeah. I love that. And you've done a lot of different things. And one of the things that obviously the main thing that you and your husband have been doing is your travel blog. And you started off as a bilingual blogger, you're still doing it now. But that's one of the things that a lot of people have some issues of really how to do it correctly, right? Because there's really not a lot of information about it. And it's not the same as when you're just you know, blogging in one language, it's a lot easier that way. But with you, it's a lot more, you know, you have to translate everything, you have to make sure that you're appealing to different groups of people from different parts of the world. Now, how do you make bilingual blogging successful? Well, first of all, I'll be very honest, it's like, be ready, work double. Because that's <laughs> what so, like, no one never told me that. And then I figure out well, doing it my way. But the truth is that you end up working double. Unless you just have a plugin that translates everything and you're not worried about like having a weird article with a weird translation because as much as things are getting better and better uh, with artificial like, intelligence and everything, but it still is not human. So I think like for, in our case, when we started bilingual blogging, uh, we didn't have much tools. So we had to write all the articles and everything. But I think the key, before we start talking about like the tools we have and how we can do it technically, I think the, the key is uh, discover why you want to blog bilingual, uh, which language you're going to choose, and identify the two types of 
readers that you're going to have because they are different, especially if they come from really, really different uh, historical backgrounds. That is my case. I blog in Portuguese, in Brazilian Portuguese, and English. So it's like completely different. The way people travel is very different. The way Brazilians travel to Americans or uh, English people is very different. And I, I had to learn that on the way. So that's the first tip I give to someone who wants to start bilingual blog. Understand your readership. For whom you're going to write, and then you can figure out how you're going to write it. Yeah. I mean, that's really a lot of the attraction, right? Because a lot of people, like if you're an American, your attraction to travel or the information that you want to get is different from somebody who's in Brazil. You know, maybe if you're an American, you're interested in the ins and outs of Brazil. And then when you're in Brazil, you're interested in the ins and outs of the United States. So it's completely opposite. And I love that you mentioned understanding your why like why do you actually want to do this is this for the right reasons because that's a lot of uh, a lot of people's questions that they don't really ask themselves and then you end up failing and then you know because you you fail a lot in this industry right <laughs> so oh, if, if <laughs> you're like yes <laughs> And so if your why is not strong enough, you're going to end up not going forward with it because it is, you know, you mentioned you have to do twice as work, as much work. So, I mean, that's that's an enough in itself. If you're not going to be willing to do it, <laughs> it's done. <laughs> to be honest with you, there was a moment in our life that I think 2016, some, yeah, around 2016, that we are not getting much traction on our blog in Portuguese. We didn't have much traffic because we were writing about destinations that Brazilians weren't traveling that much in, at that time of the year. We were writing about really uh, small places in Philippines, like small places in Indonesia, uh, Thailand, uh, or uh, East European countries. That wasn't the focus of uh, Brazilian travelers at that moment. So me and Rob, we sat and we're like, okay, we're working a lot and it's not bringing traffic to us, not bringing conversions and affiliates, nothing. We just can like preach. We just like kill the Portuguese side of the blog, you know. And then as I mentioned in our, our, our other conversation, you know, I'm very passionate about information and we're like, okay, Brazilian people, they're not traveling to this place right now, but they deserve to know about that. And one day people will be traveling to that. And that was my, my passion of sharing stories that kept the the Brazilian side, the Portuguese version, alive because financially wasn't good for that moment. Now it's different. Now I wouldn't kill any of them who keep Portuguese and English. But if you don't know your why in this situation, you would miss the point, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Because a lot of the the time when you're just starting out, it's really all about your motivation and your passion for this because you're not going to make money initially. You're just not. Right. Unless you've started a ton of blogs already, you know what you're doing. And even then, it still takes a bit of time to gain that traction and that traffic. And you're still going to you're going to still have that growing pains that all of us go through. So I love that. So what's the next step once you understand your why, once you know who you're marketing to? What do you do next? Me would be you choose. OK, you're going to set your blog. You know, you're going to find a theme. You're going to find a, a host. You're going to see all the text stuff. So at this point, you need to choose things that you can work bilingual. For example, there's really nice uh, themes for your blog, but they don't work with a bilingual plugin. So you're going to crack. So you need to, to figure out that. So in that, those questions, you need to ask people who are selling you stuff. You know, 
go to a hosting and say, okay, I'm going to get this type of traffic. What uh, plan should I have monthly? Uh, go to the, the guy who is doing all the design of your website. Guys, if I install this plugin for Balingo, it's going to happen. It's going to crash. You know, it's very important to see that. And then choose a Balingo plugin. Uh, then that's what's going to make your site double faced, let's say, Portuguese and English. So if everything get in one version, you have in another version, you just need to upload the articles differently. But you can even copy the photos from our, like when I, I post a blog post, the same blog post, Portuguese and English, I just upload the photos once and then they put in two versions. I just need to add the different, the text that will be different in a different language. So that would be the, the text side of the blog. And then comes the social media, that's a big part of blogging. And that, uh, I see a lot of people having different opinions. Some people say, oh, you do, you see the majority of people who speak the, the language, like it's English, it's Portuguese, and doing just one language. Some people would do both. And uh, some people will choose to not do both, or do both once, or not another. So for us, a lot of those. Uh, when we were in the, the journey, Facebook uh, uh, launched the option to do two languages or even three languages on the the post you do. So now Facebook for us is bilingual. I write every post, one caption in English, one caption in Portuguese and Polish. So when you are reading from a Portuguese speaking country, you should be able to read the Portuguese version and the same with English. Uh, Twitter, I create posts in both languages too. And uh, Instagram, I create captions in both languages too. Although, uh, Twitter, I don't focus much in the Brazilian market. I focus more in my international. That was a, a decision that we made. And Pinterest, being Portuguese, being in, in English too. So it's double work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you definitely have to make sure that you're catering to all of these different types of audiences that you have. So that is, that's, I mean, it's hard enough to be a regular blogger and then to be a bilingual blogger. And then you have to translate all of these things. And you mentioned there are some tools that you use. Can you give us any specifics that maybe helps you write your content? If it's bilingual, do you do AI or do you do it for yourself or maybe do a combination of both? How do you, you know, what kind of tools do you use for, for that? I use the plugin, the uh, WPML in our website. That was the, the translate the website that I really trust on them, and I have a really good feedback when we had problems uh, before. As a non-native speaker, I don't speak English, not my native language. I use Grammarly a lot to help me. <laughs> <laughs> not perfect. Same, same. <laughs> yes, because it's hard. Uh, I do keyword search. I use uh, key search because I can't find a better tool for Brazilian market. Most of the keyword uh, searching tools are for English or you have some for Spanish, but Portuguese is quite hard. But key search gives me a, a quite good understanding. So for English, I like it a lot and it helps me with Portuguese. But mostly that, yeah. And then I realized that many, many of the tools for like searching uh, hashtags or for uh, tracking tweets, they don't work much in Portuguese. So that's another thing you need to think about when choosing a bilingual blog. Choose to, to do a bilingual blog. It's like knowing that it's not all the tools that work for both languages. So some of the things you need to do with your gut, you know, like that's how I feel when I go. Especially SEO. 
And it seems like it's just a lot of testing to, to see what works for you, what works for your site, what works for your content too, because what Natalie, the information and the resources she could be giving us could work for her. But then when you test that out for yourself, it could work or maybe it, it doesn't. So it's it's just a lot of testing in terms of, of this. And it's so funny because um, a lot of people will come, you know, to somebody like you, Natalie, who, who's doing your blog and they just want all of your information. And then you're like, yeah, but, you know, it's it's different. You know, I could give you all of everything that I've done, um, how I, I'm here, but everyone's journey is different. So obviously, you know, got to test everything out yourself, too. Yeah, you're, you're <laughs> so right. Like, I have a really good friend that does bilingual blogging, too. And he, he's, like, doing in the third language right now that is not even the best one that he speaks. But it's getting more traffic and more traction in the third language because the market it's perfect. It's a market that has no competition. So it all depends on your strategy. I choose the bilingual because I want to reach the world with English and I want to keep information from my, my country. But some people will do just for like as a business idea. And that's okay. That's good. As long as you, you do it right. And as I said, you have test and goes wrong and then it gets right. And then you find your way. <laughs> Love that. So can you tell us kind of what you feel like has allowed you to have this longevity with your bilingual blog and what allowed you to keep going, right? Because the niche that you have is pretty competitive. You're in the travel niche. It's really sexy. Everybody wants to be a travel blogger, right? But but you and your husband have lasted this long. And on top of that, you have a bilingual blog that, that you're running as well. So what, what can you tell us that really helped you keep going and even through all of the ups and downs? Well, as I said, uh, travel blogging is very glamorous. It sounds amazing, you know, <laughs> but the, the real life is quite tough. And we do have a lot of competition out there. I, I don't like to call it competition, but like we have a lot of bloggers out there and a lot of couples. And uh, we are not a niche. Some people are saying like Europe or honeymoon or cruise. Me and Rob, we are very general. Rob makes us, made us, we had to work a lot to get well, where, where we got. And uh, I think what makes a difference is like, uh, we always look at our blog as a business. So every contract we sign, every partnership, doesn't matter if we were paid or not. Since they start, we took it very serious. And we, we always try to deliver the best as we can and leave the doors and, and open for coming back. And that's, I think, uh, people sometimes tend to forget that when you are growing, you are growing because you have people around you. You, you always need to be nice to people and responsible for people. If they trust you with a job, with something, do your best and do it hard. I think, I know it sounds cliche, but I think what kept me and Rob alive for seven years on the road, traveling, making money, because we do make money. We, we bought an apartment while we were being uh, on the road, working remotely. So this was like that we, ever, we always took it very seriously, very as a, as a business. Yeah. And, and that's what it is. It's like taking pride in everything that you're doing, because once you do that, it really reflects on your work, on how people see you, your brand, because at the end of the day, it's your face that's out there, right? It's what you stand for. And really what people will know you by is your word, your work ethic and everything else in between that you've been doing for your business. So I love that. I love that tip. And I love that 
that you shared that with us because that is really important. I think it's not emphasized enough. I think people tend to ask more about like how you make money, but they don't ask how do you keep, um, you know, these brands to keep coming back to you? How do you have a really good relationship so that it becomes stable income and it's not just about the income but also the relationships that you're building and what you're putting out there so thank you so much for that Nat I think that's such an important lesson and to share out there so is there any other tips that you would like to share with us before you go <laughs> well it won't be easy for blogging but if it's something that you love, do it. doesn't matter if it's in travel or any other industry. And uh, keep in mind that once you have this position that you write your opinion and you publish your opinion out there, you are responsible for what you say and how you, you like, teach people, you know, all the things you can do with the work. So be responsible and do it with love. That's the key. <laughs> Love it. Well, thank you so much, Natalie, for sharing all of these tips with us. We really appreciate them and we really appreciate you. If our listeners want to learn more about you, where can they find you? They can find me at loveandroad.com. Also, all the social medias are Love and Road, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest. It's easy. Love and Road. And you can not rub that. Thank you so much. That was a really, really pleasure to share with you a little bit about our job and inspire people to <laughs> Love it. Thanks, Natalie. I hope you enjoyed this extended interview with Nat. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to get the full interview where she shares how she and her husband were able to swap the traditional marriage life for endless world adventures. Hey friend, have you been wanting to start a podcast? I know it can be overwhelming in the beginning. Believe me, I have been there. Lucky for you, we have created a new site called howtocreatepodcast.com that shares a ton of freebies that can help you get started. From launching, growing to monetizing, we share it all in one place. Visit howtocreatepodcast.com for more information. Thanks for joining me on this extended interview. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. We can also chat some more on Facebook at The OB Life. I'll talk to you soon.